This podcast was inspired by an internship with the Museum of Motherhood. Please visit mommuseum.org for more information about the museum, to find out how you can get involved, and to help us strengthen our wonderful community of mothers. Again, that is mommuseum.org. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Bethany. And I'm Amanda. And And we're we're sisters. We are both toddler moms, but we have very different experiences of motherhood. So we are on a mission to talk to different moms who all have different experiences. With a whole lot of laughter, tears, and probably coffee, we embark on a journey to experience motherhood through the eyes of others. Please join us on this journey as we explore motherhood through funny, loving, and very real memories. This This is Mom Talks Talks with My Sister. Hello. Hello. I can't believe we're recording right now. I know. I feel like it's been a minute. It's it's been a little while. I don't think people understand how far in advance we record these bad boys. Uh, Yeah, but really, I think we need to talk about how difficult it is to get three mothers together at the same time. That's true. Factor in. That's a real life mom problem right there. Dude, you're not kidding. Because you got to factor in not only schedules, but then you have to factor in unexpected illnesses and then timing issues and then random other things that pop up. And it's just like definitely by far the hardest thing of this whole venture has been scheduling. Yeah, I for sure agree with that. The talking is the easy part. The talking is so much fun. (laughs) Once we get on and get going, it just flows and everything is perfect. That's Um, right. But getting on to get going is almost impossible. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. So let's jump into mom moments. Do you want to start mom moments? Because I'm not going to lie, mine's a little on the sad side. Oh, no. Well, should we start sad and then finish cute? We could do that. Let's do that. Mine's, well, mine's, mine's just cute. Mine's a, it's, a, it's a short, cute little one. So let's, okay. let's, oh, it's like delivering the bad news. You always do it first and then the good news to make yourself happy after. I like that. I like that plan. Okay. I just, I feel like we both always share like the good mom moments because we want to talk about the good ones. But I think one of the things that we do need to talk about is some of some of the not great mom moments because yeah. we all have them. And, you know, it's important to talk about because you you want to feel like you're seen and heard and not crazy and not alone. And, you know, so that is why it's I decided real- to moms living real mom lives with their children. So I agree. Absolutely. So um, I know that we've talked a lot about my son's speech delay. Um, and it's been something that keeps, you know, coming up here and there. And although he is doing phenomenally, he is still, you know, pretty delayed. Um, today I got his evaluation report. He just had a, um, a more recent evaluation and it was a great evaluation. You know, when we left, I I even said to you, I feel like my son has never been more seen for who he is. And I mean, they were complimenting him, but they were seeing the struggles that we have. And um, so I got the evaluation report back today. And it's not like bad news. Like he's he's got some severe delays, obviously still with speech. Um, but then, you know, reading about his 
sensory processing delays. Uh, it's something that we've seen coming. It's something that, you know, his speech therapist and his special educator had both talked to us about. Um, they were both, you know, concerned about some sensory processing things. I started looking into it and then I started realizing it. Um, and, you know, I read it, this was a 12 page report. It was very thorough and they did a wonderful job. Um, but, you know, reading it as a mom, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, feel it. Get it out. Not that there's anything wrong with him because there's he's perfect you know he's yeah. he's exactly who he is and he's perfect for it but it's just like every time he gets another evaluation and every time you see those words severely delayed it's just like that wound is just like reopened and it's just so hard because i mean i know there's something we're doing wrong and you know we're doing everything we can to help him move forward with his delays and get him the care and you know the intervention that he needs now while he's two and a half and hopefully he can you know pick up and get right back on track with the other kids so that when he starts school um he can you know be on track where he should be um but it's just like i don't know it's so hard because it's just like you do everything you can as a parent just to make sure your kid has the best life and not that this is going to stop him from having the best life he can have, but I know that some of these delays, especially with the sensory processing stuff, um, is going to be, you know, long term and it's going to make things just harder for him. I don't think, you know, it's not going to prevent him from doing anything. And obviously, having grown up with Allison, we've already talked about on the podcast, we know it can be very severe delays. Um, but I think because of that, we kind of have insider information to how hard that can make life as well yeah. um you know but I, so and it's I think hard. too I think too though and it's hard for you too as a parent because again you want you want the absolute best for your child and it's not that you have done or not done anything you know to make this happen and you know the work that's being put into it and I think it's easier to highlight the bad things in the report or the things that you see as bad um, rather than to see all like take a step back and look at all the progress he's made because it's just it's easier it's human nature we like to complain about things rather than compliment things you know and right. if you it, it, this is the same kind of idea where it's you know it's easier to see the flaws um, but when you stop and you think about it, one, you were so blessed to have the team behind you that you have to help him. And two, I have noticed truly in the last like week, he has blossomed in saying words that I'm like, oh my God. And it's funny because you were dropping him off the other morning. So um, we may have talked about this previously, but every single morning, uh, the three of us talk. Um, on the phone. So me, you and our brother, Corey, uh, we, we have a three-way call. The majority of the time the kids are in the car because we're all dropping the kids off at our prospective daycares. And Corey and I were having a full conversation the entire time that you were um, in dropping him off um, just about his speech and finally hearing him say these words and hearing his voice. Like for us as you know, parents to our own kids, but also how much we love your son it is the coolest thing to hear 
what he has to say and his voice and what his voice sounds like when he says those words. And it seems so silly. Uh, when you think about it, like you're like, oh, it's just a word. And you're like, no, he's never spoken this word. This is amazing. <laughs> and now I know what he sounds like when he says this word. So I think, you know, I, I think it's it's easy as a mom because you want what's best to see the negative, focus on the negative. But you have such a good team behind you. And you also have amazing cheerleaders like Corey and I and our parents and, you know, everybody behind you, your friends that see the progress because you're with them every day too, right? It's like when you're trying to lose weight and you're like, you're you're with your spouse and your spouse is like, you look the same. Like then you like, you see somebody that you don't see every day. They're like, oh my God, you look amazing. Right? Like it's the yeah. same kind of thing. So it's like, we see the progress on a different level because we aren't with them every day. So be proud of him. Be proud of yourself because you guys are doing everything that you can control. You're doing it, right? Like, it's amazing. And he has made leaps and bounds. So keep your chin up and you have a support system and you're amazing and you're doing amazing mom things. Thank you. Thank you. And, you know, I'm, I try so hard to like, look past it and be like this is fine like this is just a little speed bump but we're still gonna keep going but then there's just times where it's like you get reminded of it and you have some you know someone outside of your immediate circle who you know talks to him for an hour and interacts with him for an hour and they're trained in it so I know that you know it's it's not just them saying what they think of him is just an hour. They're taking what I say into account. They did a whole teacher survey with his daycare provider. And, you know, they they did a lot of homework. But it's just like to have someone outside of your support circle tell you he's severely delayed and now not one, but two areas. It just it, it can, you know, it hurts sometimes. And you try to stay positive. And, you know, I appreciate you saying everything you said. But you know, it's just, it was fresh today. And, and I just thought that it was a good mom moment to share because it, even if it's, it's real, it's real. And even if it's, you know, it's not the worst thing in out there to, to have a speech delay or a sensory processing disorder, but it's hard either way, you know? So yeah, that is my you're, mom moment. You're doing it. And yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's real. And there, who knows, there could be a mom listening right now that is dealing with the same exact thing and crying with you right now and just saying, girl, preach, because I feel you, like, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So, well, I like your uh, plan to then bring it back up. So, Amanda, right? bring it back up for us. <laughs> so, mine is, it's it's silly, it's cute, but I... I just think it's an adorable little thing. So um, every morning um, we get ready in um, our guest room. We, we, I mean, we don't have a big house, but we have three bedrooms. And so we have our daughter's room, we have our room and then our guest room. But um, we don't have a lot of closets. So our guest room is, you know, it's kind of like it's my get ready area. So most of my things are in the guest room. <laughs> and the only reason I preface that is because there is a nightstand Um in there and it's got a picture um it's one of my favorite pictures um although our parents um have separated they do still you know get along and you know they they help co-take care of allison but um i have memories back from being a kid when you know mom and 
dead. We're still happy. And um, we were on an airplane and I was two going to Disney World. And I have vague memories of that. We've talked about this so many times. I just I've really odd, really early memories in my life. But I remember being on the airplane, but I don't remember taking this picture. But so it's one of my favorites. And it's mom and dad and I'm sitting in between them. And this is just a nice picture that I keep in the guest room on the nightstand. So we're getting ready to leave for the day. I get myself ready. I get her ready. And we're getting ready to walk out. And the nightstand's right by the door. And um, she stops. And she looks down. She kisses her finger. She puts her finger up to her mouth. She kisses her finger, points down, touches the picture of me, puts it right on there and says, I love you, mommy, and walked out. And I was like, oh, my what? God, <laughs> what uh, I was like, I've only told her like one other time that that was me, like with the understanding of like, yeah, that's mommy when she was a baby. And that's that's pop pop. And and that's grandma. And um, she just she there was nothing there was nothing leading up to it. She just did it. And I was like this. I just it's the cutest. It's just the cutest story. Like I. I felt all the feels. I felt all the feels. And I didn't know what to do or say. And I just, I thought it was so sweet. So I that was is a adorable. Yeah. Oh my it God. Just, yeah. Especially because she recognized you. Like you said, you'd only told her like once before that that was you. But she like recognized you at like her age and was like, oh, right. mommy. Like a three a and a half year old to understand that. Like, oh, that's you when you were my age, you know? Like, I don't know. Right. Just, that's really, I don't know. Be really That's happy. adorable. Thanks. All right. Well, I think if you are ready, we can introduce our guest for the week. Now that we've got some tears out and some giggles out already, I think that we are in for some more tears and some more laughter here with our guest today. That is because today our guest is Jen Pakanowski. She is a mother of three. And today she'll be sharing with us her experience of being a mom after losing her mom. Jen described herself as a mom, a friend, and a partner. She is caring, loving, and a very funny person. Without further ado, we would like to welcome Jen to Mom Talks with my sister. Welcome, Jen. Jen. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks for joining us. Of course. <laughs> She stuck the words right out of my mouth. Thank you for joining us. Well, that's uh, this is Mom Talks with my sister, and we're basically the same person thinking the same thoughts. So sometimes that happens. And if we needed a third sister, it would be Jen. I guarantee you that. Absolutely. Adopted. Welcome. Welcome. Honored. Uh, so, um, Jen, you are here today to share with us kind of, you know, a rough topic, topic to talk about. So we really appreciate you being vulnerable and coming on here to discuss this with us because it's very personal and um, we appreciate you sharing the story. Of course. So, um, Jen, I know that this is, um, this is like my sister said, this is a tough topic for, you know, anybody to talk about, but I know that there are plenty of people out there that can relate, um, and sharing your story, I think can do nothing but help. Um, so do you want to tell us a little bit, um, about when your mom passed? Was it something that was sudden or were you guys expecting, um, were you guys expecting it? Um, yeah, so she was diagnosed with brain cancer, um, and we knew, um, in July that she had about six months 
um, to live and she had done um, aggressive radiation and chemo. Um, and then at like a certain point, hospice came in and they were like incredible and they were really good about being realistic with timelines. Um, so we had kind of known and prepared for when she was going to pass. We just weren't sure like when, um, but it was to be expected within that six months. I, I honestly like I can't I can't even imagine what that was like and I'm so sorry that you lost your mom like oh yeah it I'm was... already emotional today so I very well may cry so I'm very sorry in advance okay. It's okay it's okay no it was definitely one of the hardest things I was 21 at the time and then my daughter was 18 months when she was diagnosed um, and then she was two when she passed away so it was definitely hard with um with your daughter being so young when your mom passed how did you handle your grief when she passed as far as like still needing to obviously parent your daughter um also being you know young yourself um and then also dealing with with all of this what was that like for you yeah it was honestly probably the worst obvious thing that's ever happened to me in my entire life it was I had to be strong for my daughter and I don't know if it wasn't for her, if I would have gotten through it. Um, but hospice has like amazing, uh, grief counselors and therapy. Um, and they also have really great ways of like explaining to all age groups, um, grief and loss and how to handle it like with yourself and your family because I was like very drawn. Um, I was really depressed for about a year after she passed and it was hard to sometimes like get out of bed and just be a mom most days when I just didn't even want to be there. Um, but I don't know if I would have not been able to do this without my daughter because she was, you know, that driving force and she was so little and, it was sad because she really doesn't uh it was hard for her to like understand like why she was here one day and gone the next so um but hospice i think was a huge part of me being able to kind of navigate getting through that and kind of getting over that initial huge grief portion of when she passed so the two years that your daughter did get to spend with her, um, where they, they were very close, did she get to really enjoy time with your mom? Oh, yeah. I'm an only child. So um, anything I produced was gold to that woman. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah. So my uh, daughter and my mom were really, really close. My mom was obsessed with her. She would like only call me to talk to her. Um, so they were, she was, my mom was obsessed with her from the second she was in the, I didn't even care about my daughter's dad being in the delivery room. Like she was right there when I had her. So from the time she came out until she passed, she was obsessed with her. They were really close. That's amazing. Was your daughter with you when your mom passed? Like, was she there up until the end or did you guys kind of have an idea that like the end was there and she said her goodbyes to your daughter before she went? Um, no. So, well, my, at the time that my mom had passed away, she was in a nursing home um, because she was in a coma from December until February. Um, so my daughter was at the nursing home with me on uh, a weekly basis. Um, it was at the point where it was like, I didn't want it to be like unhealthy for her. Um, because she was so little and you see a lot of things that can sometimes be traumatic to a toddler um, at a nursing home, but I still wanted 
her to see my mom. Um, but no, she was not there um, when she passed. I had been on my way there just like a normal day after work. And like the nurses had called me as I was walking in. And I, by the time I got there, it was like almost to the end. So it was just actually just me and her. Oh. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you got to be there with her. Yeah, honestly, that was like one of my biggest, my biggest, I was like praying for is I just wanted to be there. Like I just, and that was like my biggest thing and they all knew that. So it was like the perfect, like it was like, you know, the perfect timing for us. Yeah. <sighs> Jan, I'm so sorry. This is, this is a tough one. I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. I'm mentally prepared. I don't know if you guys <laughs> I don't think I, I am. told you a lot of these things. I feel like it's going to be rough on you. I don't, I don't really talk about them that often. No, I mean, we've talked about it. We've talked about it, you know, in, you know, through the course of our yeah. friendship, but I don't think ever in this much detail. No. Before. Yeah. So after your mom passed, how did you go about telling your daughter? Um. So I waited a day and then I had talked to um, hospice um, and they just kind of gave me like the best ways to explain heaven. Um, they gave us some really good books um, that we read together that really explained and like our beliefs as far as like religion on heaven and where she is. Um, they also, um, we did this really special thing. Um, we still do that. We would make her like a card or if my daughter wanted to draw something for her that we would burn it, um, to send it to heaven to her. Um, so it was just something for her to like also kind of cope and then more realization that she's gone, but she's always like watching over us too. Um, but definitely hospice was like the best as far as like helping us navigate the best way, because obviously I've never lost anyone um, that close to me as an adult. So um, they were really great on helping getting through that part. That's amazing. Cause I feel like you hear stories about um, like hospice experiences and I feel like more times than not, you hear how wonderful they really are. So I think it takes a special type of person oh, to be able to provide that. They were incredible. My hospice nurse, my mom's hospice nurse was incredible. She was, I would talk to her on the phone and after you know, work hour. So she was wonderful. That's amazing. I'm so glad you, you had that. Yeah. It was a really big help <laughs> for sure. And the other thing too, that I love is, um, you know, the way in which you have kind of created created a tradition in in how to get, you know, cards and messages to heaven because you hear so many different types of ways to do it. Yeah. And I I think it's it's really nice to just hear different different takes on it and different ways to get, you know, get your messages to your mom and yeah. grandma. And so, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's it's really absolutely nice. beautiful. Yeah. So Jen, do you think after your your mom passed and, you know, as you're working through your grief, do you think that your, I guess, quote unquote, parenting style changed at all? Like, you know, how you maybe were trying to parent prior to her passing versus how you kind of started parenting after she passed? Yeah. So I was definitely uh, more strict with her, um, but I feel like I'm so much more lenient. Um when you lose someone and my, when my mom passed away, she was only 48. Um, so it just really, I think I just changed my whole life 
of you because you're really not guaranteed tomorrow. And, you know, if my daughter wants the cake pop from Starbucks, I'm going to get her the dang cake pop. So it's just like <laughs> really things like that, that like are so, you know, minimal, um, that make them happy in a moment that it's totally worth. So I definitely have been more lenient and thinking about that. Like, I'm like, yeah, it's definitely, I just, I changed my whole look outlook on life. Um, you know, just between relationships, friendships, parenting. Um, I really changed a lot of things on how I view life, um, losing her so young. Um, but I just don't want to regret it, you know, because, you know, we're not here tomorrow. Maybe if I wasn't here tomorrow, I wouldn't have gone there the cake pop. So I just, I just, I'm definitely, if she's, I'm much more lenient than uh, I probably should be, but I I'm more lax with her because of that, for sure. She's such a good kid, though. I can attest to that. She's such a good kid. So whatever you're doing, it's working, Jen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think, too, I think it's such a good a, a good reminder for, you know, all of us because, um, you know, Amanda and I, we still have our moms. So it is a reminder to those of us who do have that support system that you don't to remember that tomorrow's never guaranteed, you yeah. know, and, and to kind of take life a little less seriously. It's, yeah. it's a good thing. Exactly. Absolutely. I talked to Amanda about this before too. It's just like, it's hard for me to see people not appreciate their moms. Um, any aspect of it. Like I get, you know, that everybody has their like moments where like, Oh my gosh, my mom, but it's like recognizing them. Um, for like the little things is like something I wish I could do every day. So it's like the people that take that for granted, it's just hard for me to see sometimes because they go do above and beyond for us 99% of the time. And it's like that 1% where they annoy us that we focus on and not all the other good. So it's definitely something that like I envy in a lot of people and relationships I see with other people and their moms um, that I still wish that I had that I always make sure to tell people. <laughs> so, yeah, it's one of those things that you don't want to, you don't want to take it for granted. You know, it's, yeah. it, it's just not promised. Like you said, you don't know what tomorrow brings. And, but I think that kind of gives Jen almost the, you know, I don't want to say the upper hand, but she's able to take a step back in view when other people are taking it for granted and I know that it bothers you you know Jen where you're like what are, what are you doing like, yeah what, what are you doing but you know and I think it's I think it's also easier and it's it's funny you said that because before you hopped on a call we were discussing how a lot of times it's it's easier to focus on the negative of things uh, rather than seeing the positive. So when you're complaining yeah. about like that 1% of like, like I'll give you an example today, we picked up our daughter from my mom's house and my mom had brought her to the dollar store and just let her go wild. And I'm talking, she let her grab like a whisk and a colander mm. and like uh, rubber sheets or something like I'm just like well, what are we doing here like, like oh. what, what is this like, and I'm like mom she had all these random things and they made their way home and I, I got home and I was like this stuff was supposed to stay at my mom's and I found myself being so annoyed and like even in this moment Jen like hearing you say everything that you say like yeah. or that you've said so far I'm like it's, it's not that big of a deal. It's that, it's that 1% where I'm like, mm -hmm. my mom, 
I'm so lucky enough that I have her. She watches my daughter twice a week yeah. and has that experience, has that love, is building that relationship with her. Um, and here I am being grumpy about a couple items from the dollar store that made their way to my house. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Jen, when you lost your mom, who did you lean on for advice and support? Because I know for Amanda and I, our first go-to is 99.9% of the time, our mom. Yeah. Um, so who did you have? Did you have anyone? Did you build a community? Did you find a community? Um, yeah, I had a really great support system. Um, Juliana's dad, um, his mom was a huge part of, you know, being there for me and helping with my daughter. Um, and then also, um, my mom's best friend that I've known since first grade, um, who she's like my adopted mom. They've always said that, um, she's still a very big portion of my life. Um, I talked to her weekly, um, but she was a huge, um, supporter just in, all aspects of my life because she's lost a lot of people and really helped me navigate a lot of things. But um, I just, I had a really big support system with um, my daughter's family on her dad's side, uh, helping us a lot. I don't have a huge family on my side. I'm an only child and like my parents were separated and I wasn't speaking to my dad at that time. So I really had not a lot of support on my like real family, but on her dad's side. It was a lot of support. That's awesome. I'm glad that you had people that were there for you. Oh, yeah. So you already mentioned um, some of the um, things that hospice taught you as far yeah. as, you know, how to handle the grief and with, you know, your daughter, like sending the letters, burning those and burning the pictures. It's just, I think it, to me personally, my, my opinion, not that anybody cares, but I think it's the most beautiful thing I have ever heard. Like it's like touching my soul. And I know we've yeah. talked about it before, but every time we've talked about it, it just, it, uh, I love it. I think it's amazing. Yeah. But along those lines, um, does your daughter ever, you know, ask questions about your mom? Like, as far as like, you know, was she like this or did she do that? Or what was she like in this situation? And like, how do you handle questions like that? Cause I know you're a very open person and you know, you have a good relationship with your daughter. Yeah. So she really hasn't had to ask a lot of questions. I talk about my mom constantly at home. Um, it, it's like weirdly, like she's still here. I talk about her so much. So it's like, if it's, you know, I love to cook Amanda. So it's like, I would be, you know, talk about something she would make. And like, uh, I keep traditions that we did alive. So we do like Sunday breakfast, big breakfast, like she did. We do like certain silly things on Christmas Eve that she would do together. So I, I really have since my daughter can remember, I've talked about like what happened with her. And, you know, I just try to keep her memory alive with my daughter. Um, we always like do on her birthday is Earth Day. So we always get a plant or something, um, plant some seeds for her birthday. So I have always been really vocal about like what happened to her. And so my daughter knows, um, before she could probably even ask. <laughs> I've already said it, like if it's something my mom would like or do or something silly like that. I do want to ask too, uh, you had your daughter and then you met your husband who um, had two boys, right? Yes. So you are a stepmom to two boys. I am. And 
um, do they know about your mom? Do they ask about your mom or is it kind of the same just as with Juliana where she's just kind of ever present? Yeah. So, um, when I met my now husband, his boys were nine and 10. Um, and I think it was a little while before we really talked about it. Um, they had met my dad, um, and we really waited a long time to like meet the kids and kind of get into that family thing when we first started dating. Um, but I think we were a, a while into our marriage and the boys were like, uh, where's Jen's mom? (laughs) But boys, I feel like, especially that age or like, if it's not Pokemon related, they're like not super intuitive where my daughter's like, who's your stepmom's grandma's aunt, uncle. Like she needs to know all the tea. Um, boys are just so oblivious. They're like, wait a second. Do you have parents? Like, um, but like they, now they definitely know, like I have pictures of my mom all over from like various stages of our lives. Like when she was sick, um, it's not anything to like hide. Um, it's a part of our lives. Um, so, but they all, they know, like they know now they're 20 and 19. Um, but they know about like what happened and that how she passed and, and kind of not all of the nitty gritty things, but they definitely know like what happened. And I was young and Juliana was young and that kind of stuff. I think it's really important. Something that you said there about um, having pictures of her, even when she was sick and, and having that not be something to hide. I think, you know, it's, death is a really big fear. And Amanda and I learn a lot about this because our brother is a funeral director and definitely like in the Western culture, um, death is something that is, is feared by many of us, you know, and I think a big part of it is because it's the unknown. Right. And, but I think that it's beautiful that you don't hide it and that you, you know, don't want to shy away from it. And this still was a part in your mom's life and your mom's life in full is, you know, it's worth celebrating even the bad parts of it. So Mm -hmm. I love that you have those photos up. Yeah. Cancer doesn't define anyone. It's just a part of her story. Um, But it's a huge part of it. And I, like you said, I just don't want to hide it. It's a part of like our memories, but it's not how I remember her, but it's a portion of, of her. So I like to have it up there. That's beautiful. That's so well said. Yes. So well said. So you have given so much advice already. I don't even know how I'm going to even ask you if you have more, but like, do you have advice for anybody who could be in your situation or potentially be, um, unfortunately facing your situation sometime soon, whether it's, um, expected or unexpected, you know, is there something you would tell moms out there who are going to be raising their kids without their mom, unfortunately? Um, I would think just be open-minded and accept any and all help. Um, it doesn't make you any less of a parent to help take um, advice or help from anyone that's not your mom. Um, I had personally a hard time with that for a little bit because I felt like a lot of people wanted to kind of swoop in and pretend to be my mom, which no one ever in this lifetime eternity could ever fill those shoes. Um, but once I kind of got over that, like initial that people aren't trying to replace her, they're just trying to help me and be there for us. Um, I think that's definitely something that at any aspect, if it's like you've lost your mom and you've had a child already or not, um, it's just something that, you know, just being willing and open to any and all help that you get is more than you would realize in a current moment. 
So I have to tell, I, I just, I have to tell you guys this and I may or may not keep this in. So, <laughs> so I was we'll talking, see how it comes out. Right, no, this is, I mean, it's crazy. Um, so I was talking with my therapist uh, this past Tuesday and I was telling her about this podcast and um, she's like, oh my God, I'm going to listen. So Jill, if you're there, hey. Um, but um, I, I said to her, she asked me if I was learning anything specific from this podcast. And I said to her, the thing that comes up in almost every single episode is everybody's advice is to accept and or ask for help. And I think it is the hardest thing for moms, anybody really, because even before I was a mom, I sucked at accepting and asking for help. Um, But I think that it is something that, I mean, every single one of us says, but like every single one of us struggle with. Yeah. Oh, I'm proud. It's hard for me. I'm an only child. I think I'm perfect. So it's hard. Jen, you are perfect. <laughs> Living perfection is what I call it. So it's just, I mean, literally, the, when the advice question comes up, it is always the same. It is almost always the same. Accept help, mm-hmm. ask for help when you need it. It doesn't make you less than. Yeah. And I, I don't think that any of us can hear it enough because we're still okay. struggling with it. Yeah, I agree. We, we all have we all have egos, no matter how big or small they are. You still have that little ego, and that's like that little like devil on your shoulder. That's like, no, you don't need help. Don't ask for help. Don't accept help. You know, like. Oh, yeah. So I I agree with you. It's it's come up in almost every one of our interviews, and that's I great. just yeah, I think it's a great thing though. I think like you said, Bethany, it is a great reminder, no matter what situation you're going through, and how bad or good life may be in that moment. I think we all need help. Yeah. I just can't like, I still can't wrap my head around it. Like, and, and I'm lucky that I don't have to, but you know, one of my very best friends, her mom passed away. Um, and she had to do motherhood without her mom. And I know it's something that she struggles with too. And, you know, just the thoughts of, you know, her mom missing her son's life. And, you know, obviously she misses her mom. And, and it's just, it's something that until you're in those shoes, you can't imagine it. Right. And then, and I, I just, I don't know, I don't have words for how bad I feel. And I know, obviously, you've, you know, you are, you've learned to live with it. I don't, you know, I don't want to assume anything, but you, yeah. you're you handling it really, really well. And, and again, you're being so vulnerable and open and doing this with us. So I really appreciate it. Of course, it was my pleasure. I'm glad you guys asked me to be able to do it. Yeah. That's been amazing. And it's also nice too, Jen, because I think rather than this just being um, a quote unquote sad episode or, um, and don't, don't take, this is not, don't, don't take this like in a negative way or like mm-hmm. a, um, like a, just a feel bad kind of an episode. It's more of like a, you have such a healthy mindset and a healthy, I think, relationship with some really, really bad and unfortunate or unfortunate circumstances um, that I think you're able to shed some positivity on something that is so sad that like Bethany said, she can't wrap her head around it, you know, and, and to be fair, neither can I, but you're able to share such a, 
just healthy take on it. And I just think that that's so important rather than it just being like, I'm going to use an old fashioned word rather than it just being like melancholy and sad. <laughs> it's, you know, your age is showing. <laughs> my age is showing. Excuse me. Let me put my bifocals on while my age goes. <laughs> um, no, but I do. I really, and it, like, I really do think that it, I think it's just so refreshing to talk about such a tough subject, but in such a healthy way. And I do think that you're able to share with everybody that's listening um just a, a good perspective on it as good as it can be right yeah absolutely yeah definitely very hopeful i think without um getting into uh rights issues um there is there's this song that uh when i lost someone very important to me obviously not my mom but um i found this song by beta radio it's called on the frame and this line in this song has always been been so powerful to me because it's so true. And um, they say, there's reason there's reprieve, even those who are yet to come are sharers in your grief. And I think to me, that is like one of the most powerful things, because although not one person is the same as another, every single one of us will experience grief in the form of loss at some point in our life. And I think the way that you've been able to tell your story has been a very hopeful way because although you did have the year of depression and you said it was, you know, the hardest thing that you've ever experienced, you were able to get through it. And I think that that hope is something that people need to hear because when you do lose somebody who is that important to you, um, I mean, it is every day is a fight to just keep going, to keep putting one foot in front of the other. And at some point the clouds part. And, and it's just like the one thing that we all have in common is we are all going to lose someone. And realistically, someone's going to lose us. Right. So I just, it was very, very hopeful. So I appreciate that too. Of course. Um, okay, let's liven this party up. Well, maybe let's liven this party up. We never know <laughs> what we're going to get with this part of the podcast. <laughs> so <laughs> so we are going to move on to um, our final segment of the show, a segment that we like to call Ask a Mom. And what we have done is we have collected questions from friends, friends of friends, siblings of friends, acquaintances, I don't know, anybody who does not have children, and they have submitted questions that they want real mom answers from real moms. Oh, wow. But the fun part of this segment is it's completely random. We are going to spin a wheel. We when we um, will spin the wheel and we will read the corresponding question and all three of us will answer. We do our best to do it short form. Okay. But it never really is. So we always say short form, we're like 30 to 60 seconds, and then it's like 20 <laughs> minutes later, we have an answer. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Okay. All right. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. All right. Here we go. All right. Okay. Question number five. Question number five comes from Olivia. Olivia is 28, and she does not know if she wants her own children. Her question is, how do you know if you want children? That's a great question. Great question. All right, Olivia. (laughs) Um, Who who wants to start? Not it. Okay, I'll start. I'll start. Um, I knew that I wanted children when he was 
put into my arms after he was cut out of my belly. <laughs> so you're saying that you knew after you were already pregnant, after you went through a yeah. full pregnancy, and then when he was right there, you were when like, he was yep, right there, I, I was like, him. yep, this is what I didn't know I was missing. <laughs> <laughs> because I mean, I've been very open about it, right? I didn't want kids. Um, I thought I didn't want kids. I thought I didn't. And and I think that if I had uh, continued on with that plan, I still think I would have been very happy. But all the way, I mean, obviously through the pregnancy, when we started, you know, attempting to get pregnant, I, I knew what I was in for, but I didn't know that I really wanted it until I had it, if that makes sense. To me, that's how I look at it. Like, and then yeah. as soon as I held him, I was like, I want this so much more than I've ever wanted anything, you know, and I wouldn't give it back for the world. But until I held him, I don't think the whole grasp of the situation and the entirety of, yes, this is what I want, uh, came into my head. I think that's a really fair answer. That makes me feel better, Bethany. Does it? Okay, good. Very similar. That's why I want to go first. <laughs> We're looking for real answers, Jen. So go, you, you go, you get it. Okay. So I had gotten pregnant unplanned at 19 um, with someone I was very newly dating. Um, and at that time, I like many times said, I'm an only child. And I've not loved a lot of people more than myself. Um, I was like, <laughs> I don't know if I can love a kid. Like I'm never was around kids. I never babysat. My daughter was the first baby I ever changed a diaper. Um, and I had a very similar experience where, you know, once I was pregnant, I was committed, but I have never loved something as much as I did when I saw her the first time, other than when I like look in the mirror so it was really hard to like uh, comprehend that I love this thing that just came out of me so much. And, and then I was, but I didn't want any more, but that I definitely wanted her, but there was never a time in my life where I was like, I need, I won't be complete without a baby. Like that doesn't define me, but I'm so grateful for her. And I really feel like everything happens for a reason because if I didn't have her, I wouldn't have, she wouldn't have met my mom. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And that's, it was a positive for your mom too, right? Yeah. Like, you know, so, yeah. And uh, so I think, and this, we, we may have to ask Olivia's question to a mom who knew she wanted children like early on. Like, like we know we, we, during our mom's episode, um, we have interviewed her. She, she knew she was always around kids. She had people, you know, calling her in June, asking her to babysit on new year's, you know, like, so it's, it's one of those things. Like she was that person who was like, this is what I'm here for. And I have met so many, you know, people like that, that say I was meant to be a parent, regardless of mom or dad or whomever. I would, this is what I, I feel like I was put here for. Um, and I think with the three of us, we are all kind of of that same mentality. And I think where I'm slightly different is that I did grow up around kids. I've been a coach my entire life. I love, I love kids. I was so excited to have siblings. Um, you know, I, and again, I, I was five or almost five when 
uh, Bethany was here, but you know, even um, our brother who who was after me, who uh, that episode has already come out. Um, I was excited. I was I was looking forward to it. So I kind of always had that, you know, being around kids and you know our sister Allison always, you know, essentially being a kid, um, and I love that. But for me having my own, it was almost like, have I given out everything that I have to everyone else and to all of these other kids that I'm just around? Because I, I say this all the time. And even to this day, all of, all of my cheerleaders that I coached years ago, they're all grown up and they have families of their own now. And I still love them. Like I have this like deep, like, I will always love you feeling for these kids. Um, but I was like, I, I think that's where I start and I stop with kids. I don't need I, I don't have that feeling of needing my own either. Um, and then, you know, like we shared in, in my episode um, where Bethany interviewed me, my husband said to me one night, I always thought I'd be a dad. And I guess I, I, I had thought about it, but I hadn't really like oh yeah, I, I, I really want to have a kid. So uh, same kind of question. I don't think I realized. And then again, I very open about not enjoying pregnancy. It wasn't something that I felt super connected to my child, but same as you guys, the moment that she was in my arms with her giant head of highlighted hair, I was like, oh my God, this is a love that I did not know existed. And I think a lot of moms and, and dads too can probably share that viewpoint of until you have that thing there in your arms, you don't understand that type of love because you may love your spouse. You may love your pet. And don't get me wrong. We love pets on this podcast. Oh, we yeah. are all big pet lovers oh, yeah. where they are our family. They are our children, but you it's a type of love that's indescribable and you can't express it until you have it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, so it's like, I don't know. Do So if we were trying, like if, if Olivia, who doesn't know if she wants kids, I don't know if we gave her the answer she's looking for guys. No. I think when you know, like, so, so for us, how we decided we were going to start trying is we said, okay, we know our lives are going to change and you don't really know exactly how your life is going to change, but we knew that we would have to essentially kind of like live a less selfish life because we were able to go out and do whatever we wanted, whenever we wanted. And you kind of take that stuff for granted before you have kids. Um, but it, I think it's knowing when you're ready for that change, when you're like, okay, I feel like I'm prepared, as prepared as you can be in this moment to be like, okay, life is going to change. So as long as it's not like a, like you, I I don't want to, I don't want to call it, you know, an oops. So we've used that word before and it's not meant to be an offensive term, but you know, as long as you, you know, are saying you're planning for it and you understand that things are going to change and you're, you're okay with change. I would say maybe that's when you, you might feel like you might be ready. Cause at the end of the day, None of us are ready. You right. just, you do until you start doing it, you're not ready or it's, it's just until you experience it. <laughs> yeah. And I think, I think you bring up a good point there, Amanda, because, you know, we, like I said, in my episode, when, when we got to a fence and my husband said, okay, life without kids won't be the worst. And I said, life with kids won't be the worst. And it was just, you kind of come to an acceptance of what your life is and what your life could be. So if you're like, 
us who were, you know, kind of questioning it. I, I was definitely questioning it. Then maybe, you know, when, like you said, you're ready for a change if it comes. I don't know. It's well, a tough one. Sorry, I know that's a tough one, Olivia. <laughs> so bad. Well, you know what? We'll we'll throw it back in, and then maybe we can. Uh, or you know what? We'll try to work it into another episode. Mm, that's a we, good one. We do have some moms coming up here that we're going to interview too, though, that are very like deeply mom. Like I knew I was going to be a mom. Yes. So I think maybe we'll take yeah. Olivia's question. So Olivia, keep listening, and we will ask your question again, and maybe get you a better answer. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, Olivia. <laughs> I, you know, I still think we did pretty dang good. Nailed it. We were honest. <laughs> honest. Yes. Honest. Yes. Honest. And I think, I think that's the one thing about the Ask a Mom segment. And I think that's why it's important to have, you know, people who don't have kids ask the questions that they want real answers to, because you're here, you're not going to get a generic answer. You're going to be told that I wanted kids when they were, ha- when he ha- was handed to me. That's when I wanted them. <laughs> so Fair. it's okay if you feel that way too. <laughs> All right, ladies. Well, if you are ready, I am ready to wrap up. Awesome. I know I'm sad. Like, I feel like I'm partly sad to be wrapping up. This is such a wonderful episode. I know. <laughs> this is fun. I, I had, I had tears in the beginning. I had tears in the middle. At least I, uh, I wasn't sniffling like a mess because I feel like Jen, you are um, an extraordinarily funny person. And even though this was like a sadder episode, you still got to see like parts of your funny. So is there anything that you feel like you want to end on that would just make the people laugh? Give the people what they want, Jen. Give the people what they want. I can't work on demand, Amanda. She's (laughs) (laughs) I listen. If you ever want like a really good like ab workout, just hang out with Jen for like an hour and then you'll leave and be like, that was the best workout my abs have had <laughs> my entire really life. inappropriate, Amanda. That's a big problem. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies. Well, thank you so much again. I know we've said it a million times, but I'll say it one more. And It was really nice catching up and I will talk to you all later. All right. Thanks for having me. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. To be to be fair, the rubber sheets were I just made that up. I I was thinking all the way. So, so how? Oh, nope, nope, nope. you go. Sorry, <laughs> you guys are like twins. <laughs> okay. You can get a hold of us via email at momtalkswithmysister at gmail As well, you can reach out to us on Instagram at with my sister pod where you can find photos pertaining to every week's episode and much much more 
We are planning on doing a very special season one ender episode where we give you an update on all things that we've recorded. Since we do a lot of these recordings very far in advance and things do change over time, we also want to have a chance for your questions to be answered. So if you wanted to hear more about a specific guest, if you have a specific question, please feel free to email them to us at momtalkswithmysister at gmail.com. Again, and Instagram at with my sister pod. Please note the views and opinions shared by our guests are just that opinions. They do not necessarily reflect our own views on topics discussed. So please keep an open mind while listening as nothing about our podcast is meant to be hurtful or exclusive. Thanks for joining.